live and walking slowly back from Hartford, Connecticut. It's the Vocal Minority Podcast. The Bryce Banan's a death march. We're all carrying a dead whale in the morning. Oh, too soon. Oh, God. I know. I always always push it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Inappropriate. I know. Mm -hmm. I'm always the inappropriate one. I apologize. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Vocal Minority Podcast, the podcast that thinks surely a deity could have done without their hand for just a bit longer. On this week's episode, we ponder the end of TFC's season. Oh, Discuss who we'd say goodbye to in the offseason. Oh, everyone get your lists out. Review a wild weekend of MLS playoff matches. Oh, and they were wild. Preview the Handies versus the Haitians in CONCACAF League play and more. And now this week's panel. More? Yes, there's more. Not at all surprised at TFC's loss. It's Duncan Fletcher. Nope. Not surprised at all. It was coming. Uh, unrepentant New Jersey Devils fan. Welcome to Mark Hinckley. How dare you bring them up in such a accurate, evil, evil, cold fashion? <laughs> best, best team ever. The entertainers. Well, uh, they were. They were. Uh, accurate results predictor. Hello to Tony Walsh. Handfuls of dead blubber. Okay. It'll be but yes, I did. I did. I did. Re- I did do the result. I just got the team wrong, but I got I the result right. You got so, the result right. So I'm giving it to you. I think the um, fact that a lesser team beat them it makes my result choice even more fantastic. I don't know how, but I'm sticking with it. All right. Stop gloating. Um, as for me, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I am your host, Kristen Knowles. Now this week's show. Before we get into the show, the soccer world lost a giant today. Diego Maradona passed away age 60 from a heart attack. And it's it's a very sad thing. You know, he was one of the best to ever play the game. Of course, you know, best known for the iconic, one of the most iconic moments, if not the most iconic moment in football, the hand of God goal against England in the 1986 World Cup. Never heard of it. I know. I know. You, you, the World you, Cup? Oh, you should watch it. It's great. It is. It's <laughs> Um, the thing about that hand of God goal, though, I mean, everyone remembers the end of it, but I was just kind of watching that earlier today, and just like at the start of it, he's like running around like three or four different England players before like trying a one-two with whoever it was, and then he goes off to punch the ball. So, ah, it's a very good uh, little moment at the start of that goal from him as well. Oh yeah, no, I I I had the same realization because yeah, everyone just remembers that that one moment, and then yeah, I was watching the clip a few times and went, damn, like. He was mm-hmm. supremely talented. He was not a good coach, but he was supremely talented as a player. Um, I wonder if he's being kept out of heaven by copyright. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I'll I'll take that back. (laughs) (laughs) Just hanging out wherever George Best is. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Sexy purgatory. (laughs) Probably. I I imagine it as a. I imagine it as a a Freddie Mercury sort of midget cocaine cocaine balls. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, did you see that? There's a there's a great picture of him with Queen. Actually, Uh, that's awesome. It's like the Simpsons. It's like the Protestant heaven, the Catholic heaven, and then the like musician athlete heaven. Oh, I want to go to musician athlete heaven. Mm. Fun. I wish it was one of those two. (laughs) (laughs) Wipe your hands on a cloud on the way out. And, well, you brought up George Best. I don't know if that was deliberately. They they both died on the same day. Like this is the end. Of yeah, the I saw that tweet. Yeah, yeah that, George uh, Best. Kind of yeah. put it in my head. Yeah, which is uh, soccer greats beware. Um, mm. And it's it's yeah it's it's so it's been it's been lovely to see see the tributes and see people remembering, you know, the the, the madness of Maradona. Right, like he was certainly not a. He wasn't a laid back kind of person. <laughs> he lived hard. He played hard. He really did. God, he was, he was so fucking talented. He just, I've watched a lot of clips today and, and partial games and just been like, damn. Like, I'll miss the, uh, I'll miss the every three years announcement of women <laughs> <Lemon> club. <laughs> yeah. He gets mad at Who's managing? Oh, he's in the Ukraine. Sure. What do you mean he went to Mexico? What happened to the Ukraine thing? Oh, he didn't last four games? That was two years ago? Was it that long? Okay. Like it's it's I I, I weirdly I was looking forward to it. Like after I think I'm not sure if it was Ukraine or Russia or something. There was some Eastern European uh team he got he was announced for. Actually, for some reason might have been Bate Borisov. I don't know. Somebody really random. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I realized at that point that that has been a tradition that nobody has really called out on. And then after that, there was like three more, two or three more announcements before where we are today. Yeah. So I'm, go- I'm going to miss that. I'm, I'm genuinely going to treasure, uh, you know, in, in a couple of years from now, what club he could have been managing. Would you like to know the list of teams managed by just, oh, Diego Maradona? Just, okay, yeah, I, okay, you go ahead. Please. Uh, in 1994, he made his uh, debut with Textil Mandiyu, uh, which is a small Argentine club. Uh, and then it was it's racing. Nice he's starting low. Yeah, okay. racing yeah. club a year later. Mm. Oh my God, that, really? We, two years with the national job, which was strange. Oh, that was spectacular! Uh, Are you kidding? Come on, that was great. Then went to Al Wasil in the U- in UAE. Mm. Uh, he was the assistant at Deportivo Riestra, which is uh, back in Ar- in Argentine Primera B. Uh, and then went to Fujiraya FC in, back in the UAE. Ooh, yeah. And then the Dorados in Mexico. And then right. his last one was Gimnasia uh, Esgrima La Plata. Oh, I was uh, sure he had to stop somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe, 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 maybe he didn't officially manage them or something. Yeah, maybe he was announced or like, or he was announced as like a president, you know, glamour position for life type thing. And then he went to a game and then he never came back. Yeah. yeah he was announced. Oh yeah. He's going to be the coach. And then, yeah, he just decided not to show up. Like Faustino Esprit at Darlington. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> 
Oh, what well, a, there you go. What a character. What a fucking character. It, it's funny, like, when people are talking about the things that they remember him, remember about him the most. And <clears throat> I can honestly say that uh, probably amongst a lot of, like, soccer heads, I was kind of late-ish to the game. Like, I, I, I was, my knowledge was kind of growing, but it hadn't really expanded. Like, I knew who Diego, I've always known who Diego Maradona was, but, like, what his actual impact that he was at when he was at Napoli or was at Barca or, like, like his club, his club history, I didn't, I didn't know or fully appreciate slash understand, just because that that wasn't a thing on cable television in Canada in, in the eighties. But the the first, unfortunately, the last probably the last real visual memory of him was when bloated at the eighty at the ninety four. World Cup in the United States <laughs> yeah. in that in that ama- in that amazing away kit, he bagged a goal and he's like yelling at the camera like I'm back, bitches, and that that face is just like, yeah, you are a fucking god. Yeah, like, I, think he, I think he left a film of cocaine on that camera. He must have, but but I mean, like, if you had to question whether or not he was match fit. To, never mind to play just to be at the tournament and like you're thinking uh this is gonna be this is gonna be embarrassing nobody likes to see nobody likes to see their greats limp off into the sunset you want to see like a a punctuation mark and boy did he deliver a punctuation mark and it's not i don't even remember what the goal was i just remember like ah into the camera and it's like yeah you know what that's 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 a good legacy to leave if that's if that's the thing that I remember him. It's not, oh, here's another stint in the rehab. Like it's not even that. It's him, him saying, "Don't, for, don't you dare forget about me. Don't you dare count me out for one so a, last go." Here's a fact that will will warm your heart, Mark. Mm. As you were talking about it in May 2018, Maradona was announced as the new chairman of Belarusian club. Yes, Brest. Oh, it's Brest. Oh my God. Brest. Do my best until I die or until this COVID ends. He arrived in Brest and was presented by the club to start his duties in July. And then the next line says, from September 2018, he was the coach of Mexican Club Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> the one other thing I want to mention about him, other than, yeah, his general madness and, uh, you know, his, his, his genius and just his larger-than-life personality, was that he was also, um, he was very uh, left-wing politically. And which surprises me. No, he huh. anti-imperialist. Uh, you know, he supported Chavez. He supported uh, Nicolas Maduro. He supported, um, you know, well, Castro took him in. Castro put him in rehab the first time he went into rehab because he was or one of the first times he helped get him clean. He helped look out. That's right. That's right. He was in Cuba. Mm-hmm. In Cuba. That's right. Forgot all about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Getting well. Um, but yeah, for his life, you know, he had, uh, he wore a stop Bush shirt, uh, during the summit of Americas with the, the S that was a swastika, which is great. Um, Uh in 2005, anyway, he was just, he was a really, really interesting guy, but I think, you know, we don't, that's just, to me, was another layer or another reason why I really, I really enjoyed who he was and really liked him. Did everyone, I think like this came out quite recently. 
it's like this in the last few months or so, but everyone read the thing of when he played uh, for Toronto Italia at Birchmount Stadium in 1996. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> His uh, his brother, yeah, uh, yeah. His brother right, played yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah right. so uh, and he, that, he, that was a big deal, and he was he, absolute trash. Yeah, and they roped Diego into actually playing. Exactly, one, uh, it's amazing. Things. Yeah, I, well, I I do remember that the hoopla of like, I mean, it's still pretty cool that like it's the equivalent of like when Keith Gretzky played in the British Hockey League. If you know what the shit's going on, it's like you mean. Wayne's brother is gonna play here. Like, like there's still a there's still a weird little bit of rub of celebrity slash spotlight, even though it's I'm the sure brother of. I'm sure he yeah. still has a plaque at Air Raiders. Maradona liked to play his one off matches. My, uh, my, I had, I like, I do love that famous pick of him playing his one game. In a friendly for Spurs, yeah, in that, in that awesome Hummel kit, yeah, the Glenn, right. the Glenn Hoddle Hummel kit. Although there was a great story to, that I looked, uh, heard of today, Teddy Sheringham was doing an interview, and this was when Ozzy Ardias, the Argentine, was manager of Spurs, and as a longtime Spurs supporter, I it made me cringe. But although the Maradona at that time probably would have been a bad idea, but uh, after that '94 World Cup, um, apparently Ozzy Ardias was very close to signing him. Asked Teddy Sheringham, should we do it? <laughs> and Teddy Sheringham was like, yes, of course. But then three days later, our Diaz came back to Teddy Sheringham and said, uh, he has a little too much baggage right now. And instead, they went and got Jurgen Klinsmann. So. <laughs> Look at that turned out. Yeah. Ozzy posted, posted wow. a they pic. Were, they and, were just uh, determined to get somebody, uh, some anti-English villain, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, we have two choices here. <laughs> Can't get Maradona fine, Klinsman. Yeah. Oh, anyway, thank you, Diego, for everything. Gracias, señor. All right. Well, let's 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 dive into something not quite as unhappy, but you know, not really joyous. Uh, TFC versus Nashville last oh, night. Um, so that's that's the end of TFC's season. Uh, robot uprising of a, the robots. Yes, robots in disguise. Um, what a dire match it was. Mm. It was it was not enjoyable to watch at all um brief little moments here and there you know one good save from q a couple you know nick de Leon, if he had put that one shot away uh but solid kick to the balls solid kick to the balls yes oh god astorio got lucky on that i still i still can't believe he did not get sent off for that i know i, still I know. can't believe it it makes no sense and i'm willing to bet that had uh had the um, uh, had they somehow managed to get through? I, I bet you the disco would have reviewed that and suspended Osorio for the next match, mm-hmm. just because there was definite definite testicular emotion. 
Yeah, they had, you know. Just, the dude teabagged his leg. What was he supposed to do? He was trying to get up and jump out. Just fucking teabags his leg. That's not cool. Yeah, totally not cool. The teabag right, is, a, is a compliment. You don't kick away a teabag. Yeah, it's true. Um, true. I'm not going to. Especially anyway. one adorned in yellow satin. The finest <laughs> gold, of Tony. Gold. Oh, I'm sorry. Commentators <laughs> keep referring to that as as I I'm yell sorry. at the TV. My, going, my eyes are yellow. in It's all yellow. Um, no. Sorry. No. Sorry. No. Rewind that. No. <laughs> too late. No. No Coldplay references for Tony. Maybe. I'm not playing in this. I'm not putting in the show. That's I didn't not. ask you to put it in the show. I you didn't. No, but that's that's what happens. That's what we do. We make a reference. The song happens. Boom. No, nope, I'm not doing it. Sorry. Yeah, Protest. Sorry. Protest. Formal protest. Informal protest. Um, anyway, the uh, you know Nashville was going to be difficult to play in that they are, you know, they play a very defensive uh, game. They they sit back and wait, uh, and TFC has as much trouble playing against a team like that as they do against a team that has you know a quick high press. And we're, even with a good chunk of their preferred starting 11 available to them last night, uh, a couple of them just, I still can't believe Altidore started. Let me just, ugh. anyway, um, you know, Piotti and Altidore back for the first time looked like it. And and I say that as a, you know, I'm a fan of Piotti's, um, but you could tell that there was this, you could tell this team hadn't played in a match for two weeks, even though they'd been back in Toronto you know, comforts a home, training on their own turf. Like you'd think that would have energized them and brought them together as a team. And they just looked so meh. They looked so slow, so yeah. slow throughout that match. Mm-hmm. But I mean, really, it's kind of, I mean, it's, you know, well, seven, it's we, weeks of this really, right? Yeah. It's, they've, you know, flattered to, de- to deceive for yeah. quite a and while. And they don't have so. the. Injury. I mean, it just, it, it looked like, two different clubs going in two different directions. And I don't mean as a match. I just mean in like, you know, their trajectories as yeah. clubs right now. For sure. Mm-hmm. As much as that exists in MLS, we know things change very quickly yeah. because of the structure of the league. But yeah. For, for a long time, there's like TFC were sort of like sort of wildly coyote. It had run off the cliff. They hadn't been playing well for a while, but for whatever reason, the results kept coming in. And then, you know, Philadelphia just absolutely fucking burst that bubble. And then, oh, it's at that point, TFC realized, hey, oh, and you know, the whole, uh, all of a sudden plunged down the bottom of the cliff while the coyote thing. It's, I don't know how they kind of kept it going for, it was probably a good like five or six games before it started going to shit that it probably should have started to go into shit because uh, the performances were not there. The results kept going for a while, but then eventually the results caught up to it. Yeah, there was a lot of heavy leaning post match. I, I felt on the hardships that Toronto FC have gone through. It's like, mm, I, think I don't know. That's fair. I, I think d- it's you, fair too. Like the, that, that you do think it's fair or don't think it's fair? I do I think do. it's fair. More so than any club in the league. I yes. might think it's fair, just to be con- contrarian. <laughs> but really, dramatically more so than anybody else. They've I think it's got to be annoying to, to not be able to go home and. Sure, I'm not discounting that at all, but uh, those, ex, you know, those excuses weren't there when they were on a long winning streak. 
No, I, look, I, I see what you're saying. I totally understand what you're saying because, yeah, if if they were losing, we'd be just adding that to the excuse pile. Um, I kind of feel like maybe, maybe that momentum and that comfort and that mentality of like, yeah, we're okay being these road warriors. Just kind of wore out, you know. And not to say that, not to say that uh, uh, it had a massive effect on the outcome, their mentality, how they played, how listless they played. Like they haven't exactly been shining with, with tremendous performances lately, but um, I I feel like I, I kind of feel like for a lot of those games, especially when they were on their nine game win streak, 10 game win streak. I can't remember how many it was um, like there felt like there was a lot of, we just got through this, just got through this. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, it's fine. Cause like, Sometimes you need you need a healthy bucket of luck to help get you through what should be a difficult situations, whether that's on the field or off the field. And I don't know, like there's just there look like a lot of lot of empty gas tanks out there. And not to say that they weren't running, but they I don't think they were in it the way Nashville looked like they were in it. Oh, no, no, not at all. Like, I think I just want to quickly like the thing about them playing away from home. And I think I think they did sort of use that. It was more of a look at us. We are triumphing against this adversity kind of thing. And I think they were using that a bit to maybe mentally didn't come out as much in press conferences. But I, I feel like that was something, you know, because they, they did. They had although they got to come back home a couple of times, which is still just bizarre to me. But they did have the mm-hmm. longest time away like Philadelphia. Philadelphia had a great season. Philadelphia were perfect at home, but they played at home. Um, every other American club played at home. The other two Canadian clubs, yes, they they had some adversity too, but they also didn't have, you know, Vancouver was shit all season. Montreal could have gone either way, you know, with some luck. They would have, you know, had a little bit more of an opportunity. Um, but Toronto had the most time away. And yeah. I think they're that... Just, I think they're just a danger. Sorry. I just think it's hard to to look at that and be like, ah, that doesn't mean anything like that. That plays into it during, especially like during all of this, being away from your families for that long, being away from what you're familiar with, training routines, grounds, everything to not have that at your disposal to, to, to be in an unfamiliar place for an extended period of time um, does wear on you mentally and you know if you're if your head's on in the game that's going to play on you physically like it all it all dovetails it's not the only reason Toronto FC has tons of problems with this squad and they have since mm-hmm. last year like I think I think last year they were doing the Wiley Coyote thing I still don't understand how they sure humbled their yeah, I think my, my, my only fear of the of, of that being trotted out so heavily was papering the cracks it, it felt a little early to TFC where you know, at the end of the season with usually a dramatic departure from whatever it wasn't the playoffs in those days, there was always something okay. that was used to paper over the cracks of this team not being good enough. And this okay. team this team is not good enough to go forward. No. So Yeah, this, this, yeah, this was this was going off the rails if they survived this. There's there was no finals in their future. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't. I don't even think uh, in a scenario where this team gets to play at home in front of the fans, home comforts, et cetera, is good enough. So, 
No, I, mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that either. But it's potentially, if you know, you look at injuries, you know, I think that Michael Bradley never really looked good all year, really, coming back from injuries. Altidore, I can see why Vanny put him in there. Altidore's got a, a big history of doing important things in big games. Mm-hmm. I can see taking that gamble. But again, yeah, he wasn't fit, hasn't been fit for a lot of the season. And yeah, you know, I mean, if you look, can look back to say like the 2017 season or everything, you know, it's like right there, the main core of the team just like stayed fit the whole time and they didn't really have that many injury issues. Yep. This year, sure, they did. And, you know, is that just bad luck or is it just, yeah, these guys are getting old now? They're getting old. There was a compressed schedule because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so they were playing, you know, a lot, you know, it was a much heavier schedule. Um, yeah, and and some, again, sometimes mental stuff takes you know takes its toll on physical things. Anyone who's had you know any mental health issues know that it takes a toll on you physically as well. So um, yeah, it was just it's been a but yeah, it's they're 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 older, they're more broken. You could tell, you, you've been able to tell. Um, so I put I down. Also, what I went also wrong. think I also think that it, not just that the key players are getting older. There hasn't been tremendous success in the kind of uh, second level of players, the support players. There's not been a, a lot of, there's not been many cases of guys who've stepped up to become on the verge. Those championship teams had support players who were very effective. I think the support players on TFC right now are not necessarily very effective. They, I don't think, he, I don't think he can necessarily go to the bench and find an impact player. I think the support players were, were, were hit and miss, you know, and Endo had his moment for a while where mm. he was like the go-to guy and he got some starts, you know, and when DeLeon wasn't starting and honestly, I love Nick DeLeon, but he should probably never start, you know, much better as a bench guy to, to bring in off, you know, uh, uh, impact wise. And then there was the young guys they started using towards the end because they had no choice who are just being thrown into the fire. And, and some of them acquitted themselves, you know, fairly handily but they're obviously young guys who haven't had a lot of minutes so yeah there wasn't a lot of transitional ground and a lot of their transition guys did get hurt like these last these last two months they've been missing what they have been leaning on as key guys both as starting 11 and as bench players and that reflected in their last four games of the season for sure and that certainly reflected in the the match last night um do you have any bright spots from last night (laughs) Um, I, I personally, so when the third offside goal took place, I, I immediately went and placed a bet on Toronto to win the game because I, because I kind of feel like I've seen this story before. One team just pummels the living shit out of them all that for all that matters and just can't get the break. I mean, between not getting a red card and three offside goals, they had Nashville had to lose. They had to lose. Not to say that they deserved to lose. They didn't. And not to say that Toronto deserved to win because they didn't. <laughs> but I feel like that's a that's an MLS thing to do. You 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 beat the hell out of them and still lose. And I thought this would be a funny way to make four dollars and sixty seven cents, which is what it paid out. <laughs> Needless to say, we know how that turned out. But I'm like, 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 why not? Um, uh, anyway, it was, 
How how much did you gamble to have a, a possible payout of four sixty seven? One Canadian dollar. Hmm. Well, yeah. I feel like that third goal was like in injury time, and at that point, right, the the bet the bet was the bet was uh, the res- to win the game. Toronto winning was that much of a long shot. With uh, Nashville winning was five minutes left. I yeah I didn't I didn't fully and understand and I sure shit didn't question it. It might have been it might have been till the end of regulation, but that's not. I would have found out when I lost. Okay, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Nashville was like six six twenty to win. Um, but that yeah that had to be regulation because it was also like that that third offside goal was like the eighty second minute or something eighty third minute. So okay. about a minute later, I sprung into action. So yeah. Hmm. Okay. Doesn't matter. Yes. Didn't win. Didn't matter. It was more about there was only five or six minutes left. Oh yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah, all right. This makes a bit more sense then. Uh, bright spots. Uh, I know Dan Lovitz had a good game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Alistair Johnson like was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah generally, you know, to Lovitz, he was. Doing a lot of good things down yeah. there, left hand side, putting in a lot of crosses. It was very Annoying. sort of Andy Robertson esque. Really. I can imagine Lovitz gets compared to Andy Robertson. Oh, I was going to say yeah. this might be the first time that has ever happened in his career. Uh-huh. He has to yeah, officially he... be called MLS Journeyman John Lovitz now, right? He can. Mm. I think yes, absolutely. Because this is what like his sixth team. Yeah. Yeah. It... Did he go into? I know there was Toronto, Montreal, obviously Nashville was, but who else? Well, he's had he's had at least one other. Hold on. Wasn't he? No. I but anyway, the, I thought the Quakes MLS, for some reason, but I think I'm wrong. MLS life and Dan Lovitz for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Oh, wow. I, for, in my brain, he's had at least one other team, but no, he. Well, he was loaned out, but that was by TFC. Yeah, you're right. TFC Impact and Nashville. Look at that. He just seems like a journeyman. He does. He's got that look, right? Like he's he's yeah. he's, he's 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 very. Give him oh, a yeah, Marlitz. Right. Yeah, he's seen some chili. He's eating some chili out of a can. <laughs> yeah, that too. Well, we started out <laughs> with the Carolina Dynamo, so yes, yes, he has. Um, so yeah, you're good for him. He 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 had a good game. Uh, I mean, my bright spot was just the. Uh, Good contact on Osorio's kick. I did think that, uh, um, you know, the 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 young players had a couple good moments towards the end, but again, it was never going to be anything outstanding. Um, I Quentin Westberg still impresses me. I know I'm obviously a fan of his, but at least. I, I, he was trying. I did like the look on his face when uh, I can't remember the name of the national player who who just couldn't connect on that one timer and it flew over the bar. Oh my god! He was left right. open. Arrow lost him as his marker, and and uh, and he just didn't get the right connection on it. But Westberg's face just—it looked like a grenade had gone off in front of him. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the passion. Um. Yeah. So pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much everything went wrong um and we got to see yeah we sort of got to see the the culmination of what has been a difficult year and a failed plan to 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 win it all one more time with this core 
uh, with heavy quotation marks around that, um, which is something you know we've, we've we've talked about this for at least the last two years that they need to start moving on from these players. Um, but the one player, and I just want to bring this up briefly because, of course, anytime TFC loses uh, in in any kind of playoff situation or seems almost at all, but especially last night, uh, the the Javinko stands were all over the twitters. Um, oh, you shouldn't have let him go. He wouldn't have lost without Javinko. We haven't won this since Javinko. We haven't won that since Javinko. And I'm just like, oh my god, stop! Let it go. Let it go. Like, wow. like yeah, it's, we, it's we also right. haven't won since uh, uh, since Vasquez too. Where where's where's his support group, huh? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I don't know how they, they brought Vasquez in. It was, it was all about, mm, there are some times we come up against defensive teams and we just don't have that one little thing to be able to break to them down. To, them, yeah. They brought in Victor Vasquez and they won everything and blah, 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 blah. Now he's gone and, you know, like Pozuelo is presumably supposed to be that guy now and uh, didn't have a good game. Yeah. Piatti, is he supposed to be that guy? Maybe. Nah, didn't do much. I mean, it's, you know, Seba's low-hanging fruit for those who I know. don't want to look don't too deeply into the problems of the of the club or how the club has uh, evolved, or you know what Seba's attitude was when he departed as well. So well, there's that too. So like it's easy to to say Seba because he's the thing they remember from when they lifted the trophy and everything. Was I know, but, glory, so. you know, he 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 made he made his 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 bag of cash decision and. Uh, yeah. Went off to play in a terrible place. He's an and... Asian Champions League trophy winner. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for him. But Whatever I mean, young Italian grows up wanting to be. Yeah. Is this just not a thing of you know, Toronto fans are essentially spoiled? Because for a while there, in their salary, the amount that they were paying was like, you know, crazily higher than other teams in the league. And you know, obviously like Tim Lewicka came in and decided, yep, we need to actually just fucking blow this shit up. You know, is it not a bit fucking ridiculous, really, to be suggested, well, that should be the normal. And, you know, you obviously would have had to pay a lot of fucking money to get, like, Javinko or, like, people at his level in. You know, I think generally it's like, well, yeah, it's probably a big Pazuelo, Piatti type people, but it's probably more realistic, really. And we're not just kind of spoiled to be having, you know, the, the players that we did for a while. Well, I want to be spoiled. Mm. We are we are I'm, used to it. I'm and, special. And, and well, this is this sort of brings us to the next. You know, we're gonna we're gonna segue into TFC talk. We're gonna get all the TFC stuff out of the way first, and then move on from there. Um, so the off season is coming, and it's TFC's first early off season in in five years. Um, and there's obviously a need for some sort of makeover on this squad. So there's two things happening. One, the expansion draft comes up the day after MLS Cup is played, which I always feel is a cruel, cruel thing because a winning club can still expose players in the expansion draft. Thanks for everything. Bye. Um, You barely get time to celebrate. It just seems mean. But I feel like that's one of MLS's special little jokes. You're not even allowed on the bus for the parade. Exactly. Not parade. Anymore, so, yeah, no, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you got the expansion expansion draft coming up uh, in the middle of in the middle of December. Um, TFC don't have Voyager's Cup to play in until sometime in 2021, and 
there's nothing happening for them right now. So they don't even have to, they're not like the other CCL clubs and we'll talk about them in a little bit, but they have to do something actually drastic this off season is my opinion. And, and they've held off doing it for three years. They're just like little chipping occasionally they'll, they'll, they'll shed a player, but again, they've been so focused on this core. Um, just, you know, TFC are very much win it all right now, win it all right now, win it all right now. And that's their, that's the mentality of MLSE, um, the money that's behind them and just how they've been building this club and whether that'll change this off season or not remains to be seen except for it should. And there are, yeah, there's just, you know, we watch so many players lose a step this season or lose mm-hmm. several steps this season. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, let's, 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 you know, who's, who, who are we, uh, who are we looking to get rid of here? Like, there we go. You got there in the end. I know. Yeah. So uh, Omar Gonzalez. I went, I went yeah. are we just going to go through the players? Well, you know, sure. we can go through them one at a time if you want. No, 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 no. I, I was going to, I was going to say it's interesting that we, we say that about the, um, about MLSE and stuff. I, I wonder without knowing if there's philosophy behind the scenes who, would prefer to go the easy big spend way of the Lewicki days because that now showed success. Ali Curtis doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would uh, build a team that way. So I wonder if. All right, so Ali Curtis out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, I wonder what the patience is going to be like for a slow build. I can't because I don't know if this team. Will, I mean, you can bounce back pretty fast in MLS, but. Well, in um, that, like that is. It might not. Thing. It might be. It might be a while. It, it might. It, it could be. It depends on how smart they are about it, but I think like just scrolling through the roster right now. So mm-hmm. Omar Gonzalez, and, and and again, you know, my thanks to him for last season because they would not have made it if he had not well, been there. Let's just let's just be brutal here. Keep her, keep her go. Uh, all right. Well, here I'll start the. I'll just do it then. Uh, Achara, keep. He hasn't had a chance. Sure. I'd keep him in. He, he's one of the few. I actually yeah. have a list of only about, like, I think eight that I would keep. All right. Akinola. Yeah. Keep for sure. Here's a big one. Because we're doing this alphabetical. So, Altador. No. Not value for money. In, I, in, I heard a big sigh. Who did that come it's, from? I, I like Altador. I like him, he, too. He could still do good things, but it's going to be a very... Yeah, right. You know, he's he's not going to be playing like a full game every game or that sort of thing. And yeah, he seems like a he seems like do a luxury you, for what he costs. Yes. Oh, can they renegotiate a DP contract? Like they just extended his contract. Was it last season? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how that works, but again, players can be traded, contracts can be, mm-hmm. things can happen. But I think, yeah, I'm very on the fence with Josie. Um, he's he's hurt way too often for for what he's supposed to be for this club um mm. and again i appreciate that this season was a difficult season obviously you know he's away from he's away from his son um he's away from his his his, his partner um you know you know that he's he's got you know dealing with with other things but it's it's frustrating to watch a player that they pay this much for that yeah. yes has produced magical moments for this club basically be almost a non-entity for the entire season i can't remember which uh analysts on the broadcast last night said it but i thought it was quite good that they have to look at this team without the personalities they can't yeah. think about who's a nice guy yeah. who we like 
because we like Elbador. He's a cool mm-hmm. guy, character, you know. We, but they got to now look at like, you know, bang for the buck, really, and it, it's as brutal as that. Like, if they're a nice guy on, in addition to being good, that's tremendous. That's a bonus. But yeah, it's they got to look at value now. All right, he's got to go then. Okay. All right, Alro. Go. I, I keep. keep him. I, I think I, I'd keep him. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Richie Larea, like, hey, there's a guy that had an impact as a fullback. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like we've, I don't remember the last time I ever kind of felt that about Arrow at all. Well, Arrow was since, like, you know, Justin Morrow's been injured. And yeah. sure. But, you know, with Morrow out, it's like, all right, well, Larea's on the left, Arrow's on the right. Yeah, Arrow's doing fuck all. You know, Larea is a, a very good sort of right fullback, wingback, whatever you want to call them. Arrow? Eh. I, 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 I think you, I, I think you underestimate Arrow. He was very until he got hurt. He was their most consistent player. He did a lot of very nice things on the right wing, um, and he defends better than Larea does. And for a team that has struggled defensively, that's saying a lot. But Larea, he's gotten better at defending, but he very much is a Larea is a winger. Like he's really not a defender. Um, I still think I think I think Arrow has a place with this club, but you know we're here to we're here to be we're here to be. Yeah. Here. I I I don't think they will get rid of him, and you know maybe it's worth staying just for the sake of well you can't just fucking blow everything up. But am I in any way enthused about Arrow staying? No, right. you're wrong. We're here to blow everything up. <laughs> All right, Alex Bono. Yeah, there's there's equivalents out there. Yeah, um, he can he can go because yeah. he deserves a start, but he ain't getting it here. He probably is earning more money than a backup goal he needs to. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, <laughs> you know what this means? Goalkeeper crisis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've missed it. All right, here's 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 the other uh, here's the other big one or one of the other big ones, Michael Bradley. I mean, I don't know how they get rid of him. They won't get rid of him. That's they the won't thing. get rid of him, and I don't know how they could. It wouldn't be simple. I don't know if his well, no, he's tag... he's not a no. He because he took the he took the pay cut last year. I mean, unless LAFC is coming in for him. Well, and that's the only way I see him leaving is if he goes to play with his dad. But I yeah. think he retires as a red, and and what they have to do, what they should do, is uh, talk to him about his minutes. Like, well, that's the thing: is yeah, someone is agreed. someone big enough to to stand up to? Exactly. If, if, if he thinks Bradley. he can play, he plays, right? And that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Michael, yeah, Michael I have no problem with him staying here and still being captain and playing more often than he doesn't. But, you know, it doesn't need to be 90 minutes for every single game. I mean, you know, he'll be better than he was this year because, you know, he was injured from the start of the year and yeah. never really seemed to get it going. If he's, you know, fully healthy to start the season... He'll do okay, but yeah, let, let's manage his minutes. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Laurent Simon. Bye. Bye. See Bye. Ciao. Thanks. Thanks for all the slide tackles. Uh, Nick DeLeon. Bye. Yeah, he can stay. He can stay. Same role. Off the bench. Yeah, off, off the bench. Don't, don't I let guess. him I, I, I Again, I, I feel there's equivalents out there for less money in this league. I think I don't. I don't. I don't. Veteran savvy, like he's one of those. You know, we complained about them not having enough MLS vets um, 
on this team until they started getting players like Drew Moore and Justin Morrow and that sort of thing. And I think Nick DeLeon is one of those players. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think you're gonna get a lot of guys you can you can I don't want to say bank, but strong likelihood he's gonna do shit off the bench. Like I thought the same way of of uh, Ricketts when he was here. He was a great he was a great monkey wrench. Eighty minutes in, everybody's exhausted, and here's a guy who goes faster than you if what on, on a normal night. Like so, as a monkey wrench, he's great. So same deal as somebody who's just going to screw shit up, changes things, plays very differently than what the the the, the setup is in front of him or behind him in this case. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've got time for him, but by no means am I disillusioned that he's going to take a starting role from somebody. He, he comes off the bench to change things. If he leaves. Never had you pegged for such a big agreed. Rowan Ricketts fan. Uh, <laughs> I won't be surprised. Uh, um, Marky Delgado. He's, he's staying. We should just yeah. keep sure. um, when, when he's, healthy, a, he's a good minutes eater. Yeah. When he's he's growing on me over the years. It's taken a while. I'm not to Oliver Platt level of fandom, but um, okay, Griffin Dorsey doesn't matter. He's a kid. Julian Dunn, same thing. I'm skipping over like the 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 really yeah. little kid. kids. Uh, yeah. Endo. Nah, I think it's. Kid. <sighs> it's I know. Sure. Like, it, it comes down to what he's making. Like if he's yeah. if he's still he's on, if he's on a league minimum, I'm okay for him to stick around because he he does have a skill set. Uh, yeah. He might be underused, uh, but jokes aside. Um, <laughs> that being said. I, I also could see him being the case where he goes to like a Real Salt Lake and has a second life and actually is a starter and is really good out there. Like he, I feel like there's a place for him in MLS. Uh, it may not necessarily be at TFC under this setup, but um, I've got time for him. And I think when he's out on the pitch, he doesn't, I mean, he's, he's definitely, he's definitely matured in his play. Uh, yeah. Like, like less recklessness, go for broke type stuff. Um, so yeah, I got time for him. Although um, of all the markets, I think yeah. Utah is probably his worst choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, nah, this, yeah. is, this is a joke. I don't want to continue. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Liam Frazier. Yeah. yeah I mean, go, yeah. If, if you're, if you're yeah, willing to give him a chance. I, I, yeah, exactly. If they're yeah. willing to give a chance. So once again, so Joshua Cloak did an interview with Vanny on the weekend. And um, one of the things they were talking about was that he was talking about was his young players. And he once again brings up Liam Frazier as this great young player that they've got, that they know, you know, we know we need to get him minutes and he's, 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 he's coming along. And I'm just like, ah, stop talking about Liam Frazier if you're not going to actually give this kid a chance. But if you're going to keep bringing him up, I, like, again, we never know what's going on in the background, right? What's happening at training, what the conversations are. Maybe they've talked to Liam saying, don't worry, Liam, your time is really coming. We're not just doing the Lucy pull the football away from you thing. But like, you know, and he's, he's only 22. So I have to keep remembering that he's not, he's not ancient for a footballer, but um. I want him to stay, but I only want him to stay if it's actually going to give him an opportunity. Yeah, he's not so. ancient, but he's at the point where it's breakthrough time. Yeah, pretty soon. Yeah, he's he's either going to be bouncing around in lower division leagues, yeah, trying to get a trying to get a minute or two, or he 
he gets a spotlight. And I mean, if, if I'm Liam Fraser, I would say go. Uh, if I'm TFC, I'd like keep him. All right. Uh, Tony Gallagher. Well, Meh. I probably, is he, is he even on contract for next year or does he belong to? I can't remember. Loan, right? Yeah. I think he's on loan. I he was alone. Uh, yeah. But wasn't there an option? I don't know. There's always an option. I can't remember, but you know what? If if the price is right, he's young. He, I thought he acquitted himself fairly good. Um, yeah. It's international spot. That's the only thing. Like I don't know. Yeah, they, you know they trade them like Andy and MLS. It's fine. I know. I would I would keep him. Like if he leaves, I'll be like, okay, he left. Thanks for what you did, but I think he's a good piece to to have kicking around. I just don't feel I've seen him do enough to have an actual opinion. Okay, fair. All right, here we go. Gallardo. Bye. Yeah, I know. It's time. Yeah, I, I don't. Time. <laughs> I, when was the time not? Yeah, uh, I, I I, mean, I want to believe the hype, and I want to believe what everybody uh, in, in their scouting department sees. One of those but I haven't, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything that's like, okay, you guys did some good scouting. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything sustained enough for me to give a shit. No, so, I know, but he yeah. barely played. Um, I think, like, he only played, he played in five games. But he would have, you know, mm. okay. But, but when he was healthy, he would have really played more. But he wasn't injured. Yeah. No, well, that's the thing. So there was that's always... So, yeah. like, what... Here's the guy who comes in with a fair amount of hype behind him. Let's, like... It was like, holy shit, we got this guy, and he's going to be this, he's going to do this. And if you bring him in, and you're still not seeing him get even something resembling regular minutes as a sub. Yeah. It's a bust. Mm. It's an absolute part, bust. But part of that falls to the, 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 the TFC win now at all costs mentality and who they, and who they allow in for certain positions. You know, you had that really entrenched midfield. You had very specific players that they wanted to play on the wings. It's part, and, you know, like Liam Frazier comes up for that, you know, they kept, and they kept saying, Oh, Michael Bradley is injured. We're going to put Liam in instead. They've got Osorio and Delgado and Endo and 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 you know as other players fall down the fall down the pecking order. Um, I just think he's one but of those this players. This guy was brought. This guy was brought in to be a part of that, though. I, I, I it was I, played I, out that way, at least to the fans. Yes, he was. I just mm-hmm. and and again, who knows? Maybe who knows what's happening behind the scenes? He's one of those players that hasn't doesn't acclimate. Didn't acclimate. Yeah, I won't be surprised if he goes and. I, I, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, they got rid of Gallardo. But I think he's one of those players that we'll look back on and be like, man, like that was a wasted opportunity depending on what they did with him. I don't know. I think he'll be a future where are they now on this show. All right. Guaranteed. Yeah, he never impressed me once. I know. Mm-hmm. All right. Omar. Bye, Omar. Yeah. Thank yeah. you yeah. very much. But it's, it's not it, happening. It's just not like. It was it was so tough to watch him this season. I mean, it's it sucks because you know what he's capable of. We've all seen what he's capable of, and we didn't see anything again sustained long enough to go. Oh, there he is. That's the guy. You know, he might he might have a couple you know phases of you know ten twenty minute increments that are like, okay, yeah, this is where his experience and his knowledge comes into play. But for the most part, he just he looked like the fastest slow kid. And, and, and I mean that in the sense that every other central defender around him is also very slow. So 
it's it's it was it's hard it's hard to watch and especially when you see like the name on the back and go oh yeah we got him and it's like oh yeah past, no, it's, past it's, it's so so things this season is to watch the decline of of omar gonzalez especially from last season where he was brilliant like he was mm. absolutely brilliant last year and he's absolutely not this year mm-hmm. and it's tough um, he'll, he'll, he'll get, he'll get picked up by another MLS squad, but I, I think it's time to say goodbye. All right, Richie stay, keep player. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Kid, uh, Jaquiel, obviously it doesn't matter. Chris Mavinga. Mm-hmm. Anyone going to argue yeah. with Mavinga sticking around? No, no, I'm good with that. Stay. Here's the, here's the one that's going to crush me. Justin. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Okay, you uh, have to be so fucking gleeful. Yeah, yeah. Can you frown behind that before you start laughing? Christ. It was more for more for Kristen's sake, not the player. I realize that. He, he's been a great servant to the club. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but, but yeah, you, you, well, we ain't collecting the, this. This is the time to turn the ship. Unfortunately, I yeah, I'd, I'd be good for give him at least one more year as a backup or an intermittent um, as a. I, ideally, as a first choice. I mean, you know, this year he was injured this year. Things have gone wrong, but you know, again, you know, if he comes into the season fit and theoretically, hopefully, it's just a regular, straightforward, you know, season without any kind of nonsense and shit going on. Um, you know, with COVID and what have you, and obviously there are other issues that he was very involved with yeah. this year. Well, maybe that isn't something that's going to be taken up as. Uh, much of his time, I think you know he's he's still uh, potentially a, a very solid player. Is you know who should be starting? You know if he's fully fit, yeah, he's a guy like starting sixty or seventy percent of the games. I like that know, managing his minutes. And of course, you reading. do. Well, but you know what? I, no, I'm teasing. I I'm teasing. He's, he's, no, he's fine. I I I don't know about sixty to seventy percent. I'd rather I'd kind of like to see an upgrade, but useful. But it's one of the reasons I want to see Gallagher stick around. I think he's, I think he's someone that Morrow can mentor. I guess, Um, but 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 you know, it all in this league, it's all going to come down to the space you have. Of course, but you know, if that gets in the way of turning this club into a younger version of itself, then it's not worth. Sure, but I do think this, like you know, that they're going to focus on center backs before they focus on fullbacks because center back is the issue. Um, if they can. And you've yeah. Got, yeah, if they can, sure. But you've got someone of, you know, Justin Morrow's, you know, quality for the most part. And yeah, he was injured this year and he wasn't at, always at his best. He had a few good games. Um, he's not a screaming issue. No. Like, he's not like, oh my God, got to get rid of Justin Morrow. Yeah. No, no, no. Not I'll just, it won't, it will crush me if it happens. I just don't, I, I don't, I don't, you, you can't look at him and say, this is a guy we, as of any kind of building block going forward. He's just, he would be a transition. Yeah. Sure, he's transition, transition, but again, look, look what happened yeah. when they got rid of Beta. So, I'm just saying. Yeah, but but, but I don't think, I, I don't necessarily think those two were at the same point in their career. I think Beta Shore yeah. had, well, what Beta Shore at the end of that had more years ahead of him than I think Morrow does now. And I would also, I would also throw in that I kind of feel like if there's even the slightest amount of regret with Getting rid of Beta Shore. Um, They're the exact same age, by the way. They're 
if there, but if there's any regret of getting rid of Beta Sure, how much regret? And and then applying that, well, maybe we shouldn't get rid of so and so. It's like that is the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Like no, commit, like mm-hmm. you should have got like you can't hang on to because you think you're going to get a Beta Shirt. You fucked up the first time, and now no, you're you have you have Beta Shirt. You have Beta Shirt. Who actually is a little bit younger than Beta Shore. Anyways, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's not just about their age. You know that. Oh, I know. It's, it's, you know, wear and tear on their body and stuff. Like. Yep. Depends on how he comes back from his injury because he's he's been injured a good chunk of this last part of the season. You know, he didn't play um, last night. He hasn't played much lately. So, um, all right, uh, Patrick Mullins. Meh. I um, am yeah. slowly coming around to the man with the floppy hair. I don't Why know. Though? It's the floppy hair, I admit it. Is it just um, like a personality thing? Because I, I don't know. It's well, you know how how excited not I was when they got him, and yeah. I spent you know a good amount of time yelling at Patrick Mullins. He's been better this season than I expected. He's done more good things. He hasn't scored as many goals, but he has been a f- more effective on the pitch than I expected. Not as a starter, but yeah. as, a, as a as a backup, as someone to throw in there late in a game to draw defenses again. Um, and I keep forgetting how young Patrick Mullins is. He's only 28. Um, And he's a veteran player already who has, again, who has knowledge of the league, who's someone you can put in late game situations um, or the occasional start. If all of your strikers are injured, like TFC likes to have happen. Um, I guess. But if if you're looking at, if, if they look at a better backup or the kids are better than. Well, that's the thing. If they're looking at uh, like a new striker, if Altador goes, if they're looking at someone new in front, then you would kind of want that role to go to a more like an achar or someone you can kind of like see a few years down the road maybe i i know age-wise there's not much difference but uh, mullins i think i i think the mullins we see now is, is pretty much the mullins you're going to get in this league i don't think yeah. there's a up, i don't think there's an upward curve no and i don't necessarily think that's a terrible thing yeah i guess i i wouldn't want him taking away minutes from a guy you might want to be able to develop fair fair um Sorry, anyone anyone else? Patrick Mullins thoughts? Yeah, uh, pretty much what's been said is he's okay. He's not gonna get any better from here. But you know, yeah. That if noise. you can get better, do it. If you can, yeah, keep yeah, it. Yeah, that the noise Duncan's noise is, is high. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fine. There it is. All right, that was good. That was good. <laughs> That's, that should only be the noise played on the Tannoy when Pat Mullins comes into the camera. <laughs> yeah. Coming to the last. Patrick you say the Mullins. first name, I'll say the last. Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Uh, Jay Nelson, obviously keep. Um, Nobo Kello, come back from your loan soon. Glad you're doing so well. Uh, Jonathan Osorio is not. Yeah, good. keep. Sure. Yeah. yeah, he's the cock knocker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and had you know towards the end of the season had a bit of a strange transition that i was kind of surprised about and i'm still not sure i'm 100 percent on board with but playing more playing a deeper lying position mm. was not a terrible thing bit of a blip year for him i think like maybe not maybe his trajectory didn't go in the same way it had been for years prior. Yeah. Is it a blip year, or was that one year where he scored a lot of goals and yeah. got a big contract? Was that the blip year? Fair enough. But I think right. I, I think he made improvements in his game gradually every year, and I think maybe this yeah. year maybe flatlined yeah. a little bit. Um. Anyways, he's 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 not going anywhere. So, um, Piatti. 
And this is a bit of a lightning rod one. Bum, so, bum. Okay. Piatti yeah. is he's a designated player right now. Yeah. Would you bring him back on a TAM contract instead? Yes. Yes. Me too. Yes. DP, no. Sure. I, I, and I know. I'm, yeah, yeah. I know you don't like him. But, but I also wouldn't be devastated if he wasn't in by any means. I, he, I very much, they were significantly worse when he was not playing, in my opinion. And True. he linked up very effectively with Pozuelo, with Larea, um, with any number of, of, of attacking players. He has, he has very good vision. Um, I, I think he's, and he stayed healthy for far longer than any of us expected. No, I know that's I know that's a weird thing to Kudos. say. He, he came well, he came, but everyone that was everyone's big worry. Oh, he's been injured all the time. Oh, he's coming into the team injured. And yes, having a little bit of time off to be fully healed certainly worked in his favor. But he played again most of TFC's matches until that injury. Um, and they were noticeably worse without him. Like you the game, all I kept saying watching the games was, wow, they're missing Piatti. So as a DP, yeah. As a TAM player, yeah. If some Middle Eastern team wants to come in and give him a shed load of fucking money and he cash. wants to go, then Godspeed. Good luck to you. <laughs> Won't miss you too much. Agreed. But otherwise, you know, if he's here, he's here. Fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be a loss felt like when Vasquez left. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, Pozuelo. Keep. Yes. Yes. Yeah, keep him. I don't think you know. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's scored like penalties, and you know that's obviously not a guarantee. That's not an automatic thing. We we know that TFC themselves have certainly had issues before, including the Holy Seba. Um, but you know, eh, a lot a lot of his like MVP thing is merely oh, it's, look at all the stats. Look at how many goals and assists he got. It's amazing. Yeah. Shitload of that was penalties. Yeah. Mm. Well, you don't get assists for penalties. What? He was one of the top assist getters in the league. Sure. Yes. He no, helped I'm not enough, but... a, a good deal of TFC's success. So I think. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. I, I just I'm, I'm not as in love with him as many people are. Yeah. But yeah, keep him around. He's never going to be. He's going to be always unfairly really compared. Don't. To Seba, because he followed Seba as he's, the, he's the, not a Seba player. He's he should no, be I know. compared I, to I, Vasquez. I know that, and I well, think that's a fair comparison. Well, well, that probably doesn't suit him a lot very well either, considering how much no, Vasquez was making for him. That's closer to being the one to one for those positions. Um, I, I, I am other than stupid penalty nonsense. I'm very fond of Pozuelo. Yeah, and he also doesn't a lot of uh, matches in which. I think he underperformed last night, notwithstanding when they were all just shit. Um, you know, Vanny had a had a habit of putting him in very weird places in the formation that are not conducive to his talents, and you could tell until a formation would switch halfway through the match and he got to play in a more familiar spot. So, anyway, uh, Ralph Prizzo, yes, see you next year. Uh, Rocco Romeo, same thing. Come back from your loan. Congratulations on how well you're doing. Shuffleboard. Kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Nah. Like they'll keep him though, you know. 
Yeah, of course probably. they're going to keep him, but uh, yeah. is he is he ever going to see the light of the pitch again? Yeah, it's kind of the Frazier thing. You willing to you willing to give him a shot to see if he's going to work or not, or just yeah, like, keeping him for for parts. Like, I, I mean, if TC were really doing these players any kind of a service, they'd be loaning everybody out. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really like, if if Schaffelberg can't legit get even a semi regular rotational spot on the pitch, but you're keeping him around for spare parts, how old is he? 21 20 yeah get that kid some time and i'm not talking about usl send him anywhere send him anywhere in a first like either a first division somewhere but that's a competitive league where it actually has stakes Mm -hmm. somewhere where he can actually play against people who are not just going through motions no disrespect to usl but like yeah the obvious is cpl if he goes there and kills it then you know you have someone if he goes there and he's yeah, you know, I think he'd do very well in CPL. Yeah, but I then mean, you, if there was only you know a team out in Halifax, that would be perfect. A very <laughs> solid play for for TFC when he's played. Not always. He's he's inconsistent. He's young, but he's sure. done some he's done some good things. He yeah, he definitely needs he needs time. He needs maturing because that's I think his game is is still immature, right? So, um, but I think they'll keep him. I I'll be surprised if he's gone. Um, Kevin Silva, who is apparently another backup goalkeeper so sure sure why yeah why not uh quinn westberg of course staying fine yep. and here we go mm-hmm. the nephew Goodbye. he's still here <laughs> I, if, eric, if we're getting, I, know, I don't know if anybody's gonna be getting rid of all the center backs maybe we have to keep eric is that what you're about to say that's my plan yes that's a terrible plan i would uh, really hopefully he's a backup who put duncan in charge of the center been, backs He's been a backup bench, like for all season. Sure. And when he was out on the pitch, liability time. I I would I would seriously take my chances with a kid from the academy than Eric Zavaleta. I would take for the for the, for the cost of one Eric Zavaleta, you two could have four new rookie center backs. One of them's got to be good. I'm just, he can't necessarily be all that cheap anymore either, right? Well, who's, well uh, his next contract, wherever and whenever that is, is not going to pay him the two hundred thousand plus that he makes. There's no way. Who's going to pay two hundred and thirty thousand dollars for somebody who's had a whole five games in the last two seasons? Does he have uh, any other uncles? Good question. <laughs> I think he's got an estranged aunt who's. Uh, Who's the uh, runs the boot room and <laughs> is, is Adrian Heath his godfather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I no, he's I've got I've he's the like he's the first to go out of all the center backs that we're trying to get rid of. He's the first to go. I will wow. keep I will keep Simon or Gonzalez. Uh, uh, um, oh uh, I will keep either one of them at the expense of making sure Mr. Zavaleta. G, G's the F-O. I wow. think I would keep Zavaletta over Simon. Wow. Over Zavaletta. Wow. I know. And I don't, I, I, it hurts me you to learned, say that. I don't know why I'm saying that. You learn I, something about your friends sometimes. I don't know what's wrong <laughs> with me. That's really wow. weird. I think Simon just really frustrated me a lot this season for really, really stupid, stupid play. Again, we didn't see that much of Zavaletta this year, so the the my eyes my eyes at Zavaleta 
impressions, you know, have faded a bit into the background. So yeah, it's all about price. I think um, I won't be surprised if he's here, but I won't be all that, you know, horrified if he's not. All right. That's the team. That's everybody. Zip zap. Zip zap. I know me too. That, 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 that surprised the hell out of me, but some still it's a, it's a lot of people and they've, they've, I think, I think we can agree that there's definitely players that need to go. They definitely need to start bringing in either, you know, skilling up their younger players or bring in some more, you know, mid range, mid twenties, younger players to fill some of these positions. Um, Cause this is a, you know, this is an aging group and well, has been for a couple of years now, but that time has to happen and they don't have, like I said, they don't have anything coming up other than, you know, they've got the Voyager's cup whenever that happens and they've got next season. Like there's nothing, there's nothing else waiting for them to, to, to prepare for, to have weighing on their shoulders, to worry about having a veteran presence around for some of these guys. So I really think this is the time. MLS, there were playoffs. Yep, that happened. Next segment. <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> All right. So there was a bunch of lots of crazy games, lots of PKs. If you haven't watched the last 17 minutes of the Orlando Pizza Rats match, go online, find the highlights. It's all magical. It's the most ridiculous, magical, insane thing ever. Uh, important to note that the refing crew from that match are not being assigned any matches for the rest of the playoffs. They have Fair been, enough. They have been put on the naughty spot for being shit at their jobs. Um, and I feel like they should know what the rules are for substitution. One would think, yes, that would be that would be preferred. Yeah. In a, um, in a nutshell, what the fuck happened? Oh God! Um, the funny. big controversy was. Uh, well, I'll I'll keep this quick. Really, if if I, if I don't get interrupted, I can make this quick. Do it. Uh, basically, yeah. I, where you are with the interruptions again, Jesus. Uh, basically, it went to penalty shootout, and uh, uh, Orlando's goalie got sent off uh, in the penalty shootout, which, by the rules at the time, was apparently the correct decision. It's bullshit, but it's correct. But they, then uh, Orlando basically tried to sub in their backup goalie, and uh, the fourth official let this happen. He held up the board and everything. Goalie came in, and then uh, it took about five minutes for them to go back and forth and back and forth before they decided, yeah, you can actually make substitutions during a penalty shootout. And uh, then back up, uh, you know, centre-back, went in goal, and uh, ended, up, ended up saving the uh, the winning penalty. Ah, uh, so, okay. That, that's what I, th- I... I wasn't sure. I was trying to find, you know, the elevator pitch version, and it was hard. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate right. it. Uh, and then the only other... Penalty sort of thing as 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 a note. Well, both penalty matches. So Timalia stoned 
stonewalled uh, the Sporks. He saved all three of their penalty shots. It was magical. He stonewalled San Jose to save. Sorry, the sorry, sorry. Other way around. Thank you. My brain is. Uh, I'm getting excited Stop. for a half second. I know, Stop I know, trying to right. constantly <laughs> put down Sporting Kansas City. That no, storied fine. club. Um, and then uh, Dallas beat Portland uh, on pens that I thought were just going to keep going. And they were great. It was, you know, if you want to watch penalty taking at its best until the last one that got saved, and it was a decent save. Um, those were fantastic penalties. Like those were proper, like I am trying to score this goal. I'm not trying to be cute. I want to get my fucking team in the next round of the playoffs from both teams. Um, sadly, like Poland is out. All right. So yeah, if you want to find out anything else, you can look online. I'll say um, this. Some pretty awful MLS clubs are through to the next round. Well, Okay, so who you got? Here we go. So from the West, uh, on, what is that, Tuesday? I don't know. December 1st, we've got FC Dallas against the Sounding Enthusiast. Uh, Ugh. I know. Me- it's meteorite like, game. It, exactly. It is the meteorite game, but lesser of two weevils, like Dallas? Seattle yeah, can't go to the final weevils? with Toronto being out. So Dallas then? Ugh, that's less Seattle, so I'm saying Seattle is going to win that game. Uh-huh. I agree. Um, Dallas just needs to go the fuck it themselves. That's okay because so. the other matchup has our savior or mine anyway. So it's the Loons versus the Sporks. Uh, go Loons! Oh, yes. Spork, Sporks Mania! Sure. Go Loons! Loons! Um, all right, so then Eastern Conference, which is just fucking bizarre. Fucking T terrorists against Orlando. I still can't believe the T Terrors oh, yeah. destroyed Philly. T Terrors for sure. They 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 will just do it just to get under my skin. Mm. They're doing it just for me. <laughs> they'll they'll get to the final and they'll lose again. Exactly. Tradition. To Seattle. Um, and then of course uh, the Nashville Robots versus the Crew. Oh, that's a lot of yellow. Clash of the yellow. That is a lot of yellow. Yeah. Columbus, so, please. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. go Columbus. I guess. Um, I like. I don't want Nashville to win because annoying. So, yeah. They already won once. Take it and go. All right. Yeah, there you go. You got your. You got your franchise first year win. Yeah. There you Pissed go. Pissed off. All right. You've you've, you've done fine. All right, You're not well, the Chicago Fire. <laughs> exactly. Nobody is. We'll revisit the rest of that next week. Um. One other thing before we move on from uh, MLS, uh, just just want to highlight or mention three Canadian players that are moving on. Uh, you know, we're supporters of one of the three Canadian MLS clubs, and you know, we tend to talk about our Canadian players. Which one? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we'll, leave, we'll let the audience guess. Um, but and you know, there's not a ton of Canadian players in MLS, and and the ones that are there don't get, you know, they don't get highlighted a lot. They they tend to be bench players. Um, more mid-range, you, know, you just don't hear about them much. But there's three that are featuring on teams that are through the next round, uh, one of whom helped, you know, break part of the fan base last night. So Alistair Johnston, who um, is a defender for Nashville, uh, and very good. He had a very good game last night. He's been really great for them since um, starting for them um, in the summer and has been Anyways, he's just he's he's a lot of fun to watch if you're gonna watch uh, the Nashville Crew match. Keep your eye on him. Uh, Dane St. Clair, goalkeeper from Minnesota, has been 
fantastic. And I love his name, Sweet Dane St. Clair. Um, and he is, yeah, he is, he's great for them. He's, he's got like, I don't know, six shutouts. Just the kid is really, really talented. Um, and his goalkeeping coach is who? Stuart Kerr, former TFC keeper uh, coach. And uh, Heir to the Cares Candy Throne. It, exactly. Uh, and then Tejon Buchanan, uh, who is the a winger defender or wherever the hell they put him uh, for the T-Terrorists. And while I find it hard to like players on the T-Terrorists, I like Tejon Buchanan. Scored a very nice goal uh, in their win against the Union. Um, and definitely one to pay attention to. So, you know, they, all three of them are major reasons why their teams made it into playoffs, but also have advanced to the next round. So if you're going to be neutral and keep watching MLS playoffs, um, if you're a Canadian soccer fan, these are three guys to pay attention to. Um, tell me what to do. I'm, I'm gonna, you Fair. Can, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So there. So yeah, so the, the next round of the playoffs uh, starts on the weekend, um, Sunday night, I think. So if you're if you're tired of, you know, Premier League or Champions League or watching old Maradona clips, um, or if you just like to sell it, I know, keep mm-hmm. watching MLS. Well, I'm going to keep watching. If you've you know run out of YouTube, MLS playoffs. MLS playoffs. <laughs> Not a bad third choice. <laughs> Good luck to New England and Nashville and Seattle and whoever else had to play on Tuesday when you're playing your next games against teams that have three days more rest than you. Oh, that's right. I I still the, the scheduling for this is. Uh, it's make yeah. I know it's I know it's making your head hurt just a bit. Yeah, it did, and rightly so. Here, with a very special report, as we come up to the final weekend of the Belarusian Premier League. That's right, folks, we're bringing it back. It's Mark Hinckley with Belarusian Wins and Losses. Mark. Thank you, Kristen. You're welcome. Something, something in Russian. <laughs> oh, Tony. Oh, you saucy bitch, Kristen. Oh. Sorry. Thanks <laughs> for Liga, week 29, everybody. We're coming down to the wire. All games were played at 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning Eastern time. I didn't get up, but there's a lot to play for. The week started with Bate Borisov holding a one-point lead on Shakhtar at the top of the table with Neyman Gradno, Torpedo Belaz, Dinamo Brest, Dinamo Minsk, all with mathematical possibilities at the title. And while I did not do a Martin Bailey-style analysis... Sorry, uh, sit down for a sec. Thank you, Martin. The numbers said, meh, I guess you're right. And that's the narrative I've gone with. First up, Smolvici, SDI. The Petrol Huffers. Who cannot escape relegation... Travel to Slavia. That smell, you know. Where they were thumped 3-0. Uh, Slayasar scored early for the home side in the fifth minute, toyed with their emotions for 85 more minutes, and then smashed two more in injury time. Uh, next, playing Minsk. The Gelatin Boys. Welcome Vitebsk. The Broken Biscuits. In a match that one, pa- one podcaster described as 
doesn't even fucking matter and shouldn't have been played. Hm. We'll find out who that was. Both sides safe from adventure of continental football and demotion to Division 1. Vince scrolled out quickly to a 2-0 lead as Evdokimov and Vasiliev each scored early and everything was smooth sailing for a Minsk win. But Teps clearly didn't get the memo and they pulled one back just before halftime. And then in the 92nd minute, Chevyakov chips the keeper from 12 yards out. 12 yards out. Just fucking absurd. Match ends to all. Next, sixth place Dinamo Minsk. Organ harvesters. Traveled to energetic BGU. Vladimir Believskaya's pink satin army. And won 3-2 to keep their title hopes alive. The only thing of note was Energetics Bakic bagged a brace and then got a straight red. (laughs) Uh, This win keeps Dinamo's slim title chances alive. Next, Gordea. The crushing reality of everyday existence. Hosted fifth place Dinamo Brest. The Robins. (laughs) Nothing happened of note in the first half, then the floodgates opened and the visitors ran out 4-1 winners. This win also keeps Dinamo's slim title chances alive. Cut and paste, okay. Fourth place, Torpedo Belaz. Zip that, boys. <laughs> Tony! Still got it. Hosted Islock. Two smoking barrels. And ran out two nil winners. This also keeps Torpedo's hopes afloat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no idea if I've done that earlier. It's been a while. Third place, Neman Gradno. The Drink Temperers. Hosted third from bottom, Slutsk. Your mothers. <laughs> Grano kept their title hopes alive with a 29th minute strike from their ace, Katamian, 1-0 winners. Second place, Shaktyar. Death by Tractor. Traveled, traveled to Rook Breast. The Nip Flickers. Uh, Shaktyar in the eighth minute, Serbian defender Nikolai Antic strokes a beautiful free kick from 25 yards out to find the top left corner, 1-0 to the highlighters. Fluorescent yellow shirts, black shorts. Um, five minutes later, Rook Breast, probably the most pain in the ass side in the league. Counter down the left side. Miganov floats a low cross. Sadovsky gets to it just before the keeper in. Redirects it low far corner. Pretty stuff, one all. 21st minute, Shakhtar give Rook a headache in the middle of the park. Kadish sends a low short ball through to Arkhipov, who slides it under the keeper. 2-1. That's how it finished. Last match on the docket was first place Bate Borisov. Belarusian election officials. Taking on lowly but not officially relegated Belshina. The soup that eats like a meal. Watching the highlights, Belshina stopped giving a shit after the penalty conversion made it 2-0. And then three more went in. Dropped heads, slouched shoulders. I haven't seen a team with so much collective quit since Philly put five past Toronto. And that's how it ended. 5-0 to Bate. Belshina officially relegated to Division 1. Here's Belshina Gaffer, Edward Gradobev, on coming to terms. Sometimes, in a man's life, in the most glorious city, on the Great Eagle's beautiful flat earth, Belshina, also known as the perineum of the Caucasus, you are forced to face the reality of a situation. 
Once a year, usually around the festival of the Blessed Virgin Taker, the local sanitation and education department in Belshina will gift each household with a treasured, transparent rubbish bag. The excitement rings through the house. My wife's, sister's, children I recognize, and various tenants will excitedly open their closets to reveal the rubbish they have been saving to display. Valued items, like the kebab you bought in spring but forgot. West, Western science books proclaiming lies that gravity wasn't invented in Minsk. Those polio vaccinations you forgot to take to the local school. Your sister-in-law's pregnancy test you angrily broke in half before selling her. 2019's pair of socks. Your list of Uzbeks who are going to get the fist. Wonderful things that you want the whole district to see. Once full, you proudly carry this clear, damp bag to the premier rubbish bin on the street. It is a proud day. Even if you can never compete with the glorious bags of rubbish from cities like Minsk, with their satchels of muskrat glands and radish husks, ooh la la, so metropolitan. But, as my neighbor, Bartok the Stretcher, who was dressed as the Blessed Virgin Taker this year, ran by screaming, I have all the pubis, I came to realize something. Maybe Belshina couldn't compete with the shiny rubbish from the aristocratic cities like Grodno or Islak, but that's okay. Even if we have to throw our rubbish out in a second-tier bin, we will collect the best rubbish we can and hold our heads high. Except if you are Uzbek, then you should keep your head low. I wonder, do, do you give the fist to Uzbeks? Where exactly on these Uzbeks are you giving the fist? Like to the face? Or... I don't know. I'm not Belarusian. <laughs> There's a list. <laughs> Uh, and now, with Gambler's Corner, here's Mark. Thanks, Duncan. I picked a seven-match parlay, which would have paid out a massive $12.55. But that Vitebsk comeback at the death in a match that doesn't even fucking matter and shouldn't have been played against Minsk ruined everything. I got the other six. It was stupid easy. But it was a lot of top half versus bottom half matches this week. Uh, and for a laugh, I bet on Belshina to hold out for a draw, which would have paid $7.40 for a draw. 18 to pick him to win. But that obviously didn't happen, and I did not laugh. Uh, you, you sound a bit bitter about that mm. one game. That mm. You did so well, though. Six out of seven. I... Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well Thanks. done. Yeah. This has been Gambo's Corner. Uh, back to you, Mark. Thanks, Duncan. The race for the championship is now a firm between Bate Borisov and Shekhtar Soligarsk on 57 and 56 points respectively. Second and third are battling for Europa Conference League. Second qualifying round. I know, prestige, right? Uh, which is between Shakhtar or Bate, arguably, Grodno, Torpedo, and the Dinamos, which is a wonderful cover band. Uh, at the bottom, Smolvici on 14 points and Belchina on 21 are destined Division One. Slutsk will play in the relegation playoffs on 27 points. And while they can catch Gordea, who's on 30, the tiebreaker after the points uh, goes head to head and Gordea swept uh, Slutsk in both, in both meetings. The golden boot is really down to Bate Skavish, who's on uh, 19 goals, and Shakhtar's Yaza with 16. Yaza! Yeah. Yaza! Uh, no disrespect to the rest of the schedule, but there's only two matches that matter. Shakhtar hosts 10th place Minsk who I assume hate Bate as much as the rest of the country. 
Uh, Shakhtar, who are unbeaten in four, Minsk is two wins, two losses, and a draw in their last five. The other match, Bate visit sixth place Dinamo Minsk. Minsk are still alive for Europe, and they are on a six-match win streak, the hottest Ooh. team in the Vishaya Liga. Tasty, tasty game. Uh, and because I looked it up and I'm a nerd and this gag hasn't gone long enough, Division 1 has Sputnik clear champions on 61 <gasps> points going up. Gomel finished on uh, 54 and, and uh, Krumkachi is on third, 52 for the playoff spot. Uh, Gomel came on on a houseland fire, ending the season with a 10-game win streak. Say what? 10-game win streak just to eke into second. Holy wow. hell. That is a roller coaster. And their this, stadium is actually a house on fire. Yes, yes. They they, <laughs> they relight it every match because it's tradition. I was going to say this gag should not continue next year until you told me Sputnik was coming up. I know. <laughs> and it's exactly what you think it is. I mean, you know, spelling-wise. This has been your Bell and Russian Wins and Losses second to last week edition. Back to you, Kristen. Thank you, Marcus. I'll relegate you till next Tuesday. Pleasure is all mine. To round out the show, uh, it's time for a little CanCon, and uh, a couple a couple little things just to mention. Um, CanPL awards that we've been talking about that they haven't they haven't done they haven't given away, and it's been like over two months. Well, they're finally being announced, presented, whatever. When tomorrow night after we record, so not a coincidence at all. I don't think. No, catch we'll the talk, taste. We'll Yum. talk about that next week. Um. And uh, congratulations to Nick Bontis for being elected the new president of the CSA. Did Whoa. anybody know they were holding elections? Sure. Whoa. No? Sure. Yeah. Probably buried um, all my emails. Bonus time. Uh, but we've got um, a new coach to welcome, a game to preview, and then a very quick little bit of Voyager's housekeeping. Um, so next week, finally, Hamilton gets... Woo! Play their next Concacaf League match against uh, Arcahi, Hayi. However, I continue to I'm sure Arcadia, the breakoff yes. band of Duran Duran. Exactly, Election Day. Um, so next Tuesday, uh, they're playing uh, in the DR, as as we mentioned. Um, you know, they are already through to the next round, but obviously. Uh, Hamilton want to continue to make waves and do well in CONCACAF League, and why not? You know, it's exciting to have uh, CAMPL side succeeding. Um, and I think that, you know, they've had some rest, whereas the Haitian side has been has been playing um, because, well, they're in their season now. And I think, did they win their last match? They did. So they won their last match, but they've got one more match. Uh, they play on Sunday and then have to jump into the CONCACAF League match two days later. So tired legs, maybe. Fingers crossed. 
Um, so they've had a they've had they've got they've got two wins, a draw, and a loss to start their season. So not bad, you know, solid. Uh, doesn't look like they're letting in many goals and not scoring much, but they are leading uh, their league right now. So good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably bad for Hamilton, but whatever. you know we are analyzing the Haitian league right now, right? It's not a, <laughs> just want to just want to bring up that point. Don't oh, hate so the Haitians. Exactly. Sorry. I want to, you know, I was more. Well. I was just, just I might more well recognize that. I was illuminating where this show has gone over the years. <laughs> We're getting into the nitty gritty of the Haitian league. That's all. Anyway, um, so yeah, so Tuesday night is the match. Uh, I believe it's is it eight o'clock, Marcus? Do you recall? It is uh, eight o'clock. Yes. Yes, eight o'clock on TSN. Um, as well as on uh, one soccer, uh, do you have do you have players to watch? And I don't. Eat, obviously, we don't know anything about um, Arkahe, so we don't. Anyone... Oh, sorry, Tony, go right ahead. I think we know that uh, forward Mai Love Dorvillian is quite a handful, mm. as is midfielder Wendy Louis Jean. Oh, Wendy! The... Oh, Wendy! Yeah, but um, you know they're nothing without big defender Hans Billionacious. What about Will Main Exume? Eh, Holding down the midfield. I, I, I don't think he's having a. I think his career hasn't uh, been on the same trajectory as it has been in the last few years. I feel, I feel he's flatlined. Oh no, that was Osorio. Never mind. <laughs> um. Again, something I think I mentioned couple weeks ago is that their their entire team is made up of Haitians they don't have any internationals um so this is you know very much a home side um so that's kind of I think that's kind of cool um I do like that one of their uh forwards name is 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 wonky that 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 might be my favorite thing ever it's wonky Joseph um so (laughs) I think that's kind of fantastic they do have a great um, name. That, that club is full of great names. It, it actually is, yeah. If you just look them up on Wikipedia and uh, take a little wander through uh, the current roster. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, this is a big deal match uh, for both clubs. Like, this is the first time um, that I think the Haitian side has made it into con- any CONCACAF uh, matches at all. And this is a big deal for Hamilton in that, you know, they could you know, advance further and continue to win, which is, which is great. You know, they've, they've done very well throughout this tournament so far and in, in the games against the Lone Pigs and uh, against Tauro. So um, expect good things. Uh, do we have, I'm going to, I'm going to give uh, Cadell Thomas my Hamilton player to watch because I enjoyed him the last match. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a bit, um, I'm going babooly time. Fair. Mm-hmm. All right, let's just keep it simple and go to Kyle Becker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. League MVP. That might happen, might not. Becker should be a sub consistently. Yeah, right. He'll give you a, a, a good solid eight out of ten. David Edgar's going to do something bad. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. It's fine. It's I have right. foreseen it. All right, predictions. Man, I'm going with the uh, Hamilton standard Concacaf League score of two one for Hamilton. Yeah, why not? They do. 
So, Agreed. It's tradition. I'm gonna say they, been... I'm gonna say they 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 uh they spit in the face of tradition and they just win two nil. Ooh. Ooh. I have been wildly prescient in this uh journey for Hamilton. So I fear what I'm gonna say, but I think they lose one nil. Oh. Sorry, Mark. All right. Fucking I'll tune in next Wednesday and, and, and find out if uh, tens of Hamilton fans are mad at Tony for accurately predicting the tens. Game. What are you saying about Hamilton fans? I'm the number of Hamilton fans that listen to our show. Only tens? That's disappointing. Uh-oh. Mark, you should be doing better. Somewhere between 20 and 90, which yeah, yeah. is not bad. I didn't Mark, say 10. Your... Mark, you should be throwing flyers off the mountain. <laughs> uh, maybe later. He's tired. He's had a long year. FC Edmonton have a new coach. Super exciting. Oh my God. Like, can't believe they went out and snagged this guy away from whatever his last gig was. It's former WKRPFC standout, Alan Koch. No, that's not his name. Yeah, it is I his name. Try. It's the no. official pronunciation guide. He's, he's from City Africa for one thing. So. <laughs> Definitely um, City freaking cock. So, yes, um, he is the director of football. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to go with cock. All right, fair. It's, it's bloody cock. <laughs> director of football operations and new head coach. Um, will, uh, you know, is starting his journey immediately. Um, yes, he is best known as. The, the, the coach that did very well with FC Cincinnati when they were in USL and not so great their first season in MLS. Um, he was... Was he, was he a head coach? Yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. It's a bit of a cue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. He, he, well, that was one of the reasons that they kept him is because he was so successful with them um, their last couple years in... Uh, in uh, USL, he was. They were. They were the regular season champions in in, in 2019. Um, went into the playoffs. He was coach of the year in 2018. Um, so you know he and then you know he got them into MLS and was let go after 11 games. I guess he didn't have diplomatic immunity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> Um, so recently he has been back coaching in USL um, uh, for Colorado Springs uh, switchbacks. Um, he, the other thing that people will sort of point to him as being best known for is that he was in charge of the Whitecaps, uh, Whitecaps 2, their residency program. He gave Alfonso Davies his first start. Taught him everything he knew. Taught him everything he knew. So everyone should be very excited. It's the only reason Alfonso Davies is who he is, is because of... Uh, because of the cock, so um, <laughs> that's that filth. Picture. There you go. Um, Jesus, this is a family show. <laughs> you know, he says all the right things in his press conference. You know, we need to have a winning culture. Blah blah blah. It seemed a little fuzzy on academies, and when was pressed about an NWSL side, started out like I am going to do everything in four in my four years to maybe look into like it literally it started out like i am so on board with this and and a sentence and a half later kind of went well 
we're going to look into it. It's it's like it's like listening to to Bill Manning talk about getting a, a women's side in Toronto. So, um, anyway, uh, our friend of the show, Mike Hudson, we're going to talk to him about him because he is a FCC supporter and he's got lots of opinions about this guy. So we'll talk to him next week. Nice. Uh, so congratulations, Edmonton. You finally have you've got a new GM who you've had since last June. Um, you've got a new coach and a uh, new lease on life or something. Um, so yeah, huzzah. There's a new cook in town. And then the final thing um, that I wanted to just bring up is that if you are on social media at all, uh, you follow me, you follow the Voyagers, I uh, follow the Vocal Minority account, you will see lots of tweets about a survey for the Voyagers. And the Voyagers are the supporters group for the Canadian national teams, both uh, men and women's sides. Uh, what you might not know is next year we celebrate our 25th anniversary of supporting Canadian soccer, officially as a group. Uh, first official Voyagers banner flew at uh, Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton back in 96. And we are, as a group, you know, looking to grow and develop to reflect some changes. Um, anyways, to that end, several volunteers, myself included, have been working for the past several months um, on a reorganization plan for the Voyagers. And our goal is to have a group that is better able to support, the, you know, the national teams, but one that involves more people, um, people that share, you know, this passion, people from across the country as we work towards, uh, especially towards 2026 when Canada co-hosts the Men's World Cup. Uh, as part of the reorganization, uh, we really want to reach out and re-engage with people and gather a ton of feedback. And in order to get your feedback, we started with a short survey. And it is short. It takes, like what, guys, two minutes to do? Yeah, about that. Unless you got opinions and it might go up to three and a half. True. Mm. Or if you like type pages of comments, which I don't think many have done. Um, anyway, we really want everyone, you know, if you consider yourself, even if you don't consider yourself to be a quote unquote voyager, if you consider yourself to be a supporter of Canadian soccer, and you want to be, you know, want to be more involved or you want to know what goes on with that, um, you know, please fill out the survey. Please share with anybody that you think might be interested. It's it's our first step towards a, a more capable and transparent Voyagers organization. And we, you know, we plan to have a lot more to share with everybody um, in the new year, early into 2021. So you'll see the, again, the VMP Twitter account has retweeted it. Uh, I've retweeted it a gazillion times. Uh, the Voyagers account, it's on our Insta, it's on their Instagram, it's on Facebook. If you're in Discord, it's in Discord. It's very easy to find. But if for some strange reason you can't, please let me know and I'll send you the link. Um, but we really, really want your feedback. Um, it's really important for us to be able to, you know, move forward with uh, what we want to do with the group for everybody. Um, no. Okay. If you And if you do... Um, if you do have questions about it, like if you have feedback beyond what you put into the into the survey, please feel free to reach out. Um, I've, I've had some really good conversations with people so far um, as the survey came out just uh, Tuesday morning. And, it, and it's been it's been very good. And I've taken lots of extra feedback. Uh, we've had close to 900 respondents already, which is amazing. 
from all across the country. Um, there is a French version as well. If you, and again, that's uh, on all of our social media. Um, so yeah, there's lots of great opportunity, but it's really, really important that uh, people fill this out so that we have a really good understanding of where Canadian soccer fans are coming from and what they want from uh, their supporters group. So thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. That's our show. Wow. I know. That was just one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, I'm surprised that doesn't show up in the comments like at least once every other episode. I know. I know. This is only I one know. episode? I, I was going to decide whether should I watch Apocalypse Now or listen to the Vocal Minority Podcast. The horror. Um, all right. Please join us next week when we see what's happening in MLS playoffs. We hopefully celebrate uh, a Hamilton victory. Uh, talk about Alan, uh, Alan Koch a little bit more and okay. uh, whatever else is happening in the wide world of footy. I've been joined by the entire Vocal Minority podcast panel out there on the Twitters at Duncan D. Fletcher, Mr. Duncan Fletcher. Hello. On the tweet machine at Malarkey FC, Mr. Tony Walsh. Bye. To be found in the Twitterverse at Kidnerd Mark with a K, not a Q, Mr. Mark Hinckley. Thank you all to the Patreon supporters for your continued support. Uh, thank you to those who've been buying our shirts. Uh, shout out to uh, our, our boy Eric uh, over over in the Portugals for picking yeah. up a picking up a, a smart little uh, Galt FC action there. Wise choice. Uh, and uh, to, to pile on to Tony's previous comment, um, um, I could watch either the Lord of the Rings trilogy or two episodes of the Book of Minority. You're welcome if you got this far. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, as for me, you can find me on the internet. Yes, the entire internet at Kazo Knowles. I've been your host, Kristen Knowles. And until next week, Canada, get used to it. No, before we continue, uh, I'd like to bring everybody's attention that we are an hour and eight minutes into this. Motherfucker. Okay. Um, yeah. all right. Are so you before, questioning your own name there? A little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> a little identity crisis for a moment. I'm fine. I'm fine. I am Kristen Knowles. I am Kristen Knowles. Okay, I'm good.